JR Takes Podcast. I am Ryan Rogers. Alongside me, Jonah Hoffman. And Jonah, what a difference a week can make. We were just talking about it last week, how Geno Smith was being praised and loved by all Seattle fans. I mean, literally chanting his name amongst 60,000, however many people can fill into Lumen Field. But boy, can that... Can that narrative and that outlook take a quick turn if you're not winning or yeah. at least not even scoring? Well, so, it's, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to look like a fucking not even an NFL team for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I really think I mean, I know Pete has said it throughout the week about, you know, we need to let Gino go. We need to let him. We need to not have a leash on him, so to speak. And I think he's right. I mean, what we see is what we get with Gino Smith. However, he is a veteran quarterback in this league, and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Gino take those risks downfield and those shots downfield with a guy like D- throwing the ball to DK. Well, yeah, count. I mean, I know the play didn't count because of a, yeah, sure, it was the correct penalty, but just why the fuck do you throw a flag on a illegal man downfield when it had nothing to do with the play at all? It's on the other side of the field. Not to mention, wasn't he only technically... Uh, like an Ill- ineligible man downfield for like half a second. Yeah. And it was because <laughs> he was just manhandling the guy he was blocking. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not actually mad at Abraham Lucas for that penalty. But no. anyways, DK makes an amazing catch. Possibly the best catch I've seen DK make as a Seahawk on that play. Yeah. Kenneth Walker. Double pass. Smith launching for Metcalf. San Francisco, multiple flags were thrown back near the line of scrimmage. To that point, the one downfield shot we really tried all game worked spectacularly. Um, and so I, I think that's the biggest problem. I guess, you know, let's let's just, you know, back up here for a second. The Seahawks through two weeks are looking absolutely toothless in the deep passing game. And it's not for a lack of trying though is the thing or i excuse me it is for a lack of trying they have attempted i think like three four passes total over 20 yards through two games and gino hasn't been you know a handoff machine through these two games he's thrown 58 passes through two games um which is actually quite a bit more than i was anticipating Mm -hmm. us coming out and part of last week had to do with we were behind most of the game um, but the thing about Gino's performance so far is he's actually completing an insanely high rate of his passes. Isn't he at like 83%? Yeah. Or through, something like that. Through two games, uh, his total is just about 81%. Um, but still, over 80%. That's unheard of. Yeah. Even through two games, that's yeah, impressive. For, for one game, it's impressive. So yeah. he is, and granted, a lot of them have been very uh, high percentage, easy passes. But... The thing about that is it's that's I don't really put that on Gino because I've seen some of the all 22 uh, screenshots of plays and some uh, like far away camera angles of some plays that we've run. And they've all just been like five yard routes. Like we're running everything underneath and inner like nothing even deep intermediate. Um, 
So I, I think the 49ers were basically after a quarter or two just like they're not even going to try to throw deep. So just, you know, don't even worry about a double move. Don't worry about anything too risky because they're just going to dump it off. I totally agree with you there. And on that note, we only had 47 plays total on offense and this was this a problem week. last year and too. last week we only had 49 and we're dead last in the nfl as far as plays ran so i mean yeah we're not really trying for the deep ball downfield but we also haven't had many opportunities and i think that might be because of not trying to get take shots down the field we're yeah. going three and out we're not even making a team worry about it because we're not trying it mm-hmm. you know like sure i think it is literally worth it to if it's third and 15 and you're on your own 40 yard line, just throw it deep. Even if it's into double coverage, because if you, if it gets picked, it's basically an arm punt. Like you weren't going to get the first down anyways, but at least make the safeties have to think and, you know, at least have it on their minds that there's going to be a deeper, some sort of threatening pass. That's not just a crossing route or a, you know, a hitch or something. Um, and to that point, um, I, I just am kind of frustrated with Shane Waldron because in the first half of the Denver game, he was calling a hell of a game. They had this awesome motions going on. They were scheming the tight ends to get wide open and they were taking more shots. You know, not, they didn't take too many that were like 30, 40 yards down the field, but stuff that's like 15, 20 yards, the deep intermediate, um, there was quite a bit of that in the first half of the Broncos game, and it was working spectacularly. And you could say they tightened up or whatever, but I think it's more of just a conservatism that has taken place. And it's really frustrating because the run game hasn't been working at all. Well, against the 49ers in particular, dude, our guards, the interior offensive line just got absolutely destroyed by the 49ers front seven last well, weekend. I think uh, a lot of that has to do with that. It's probably the best front seven we're going to see all year. I, I do agree, but man, they just looked overmatched. I, I think- also think it has to do with the fact that we hyped ourselves up. Like that was our Super Bowl last week. It was. And how do you come back on a short week and expect to go into San Francisco and play a team that just went to the NFC championship game last year not to mention, yeah, Trey Lance goes down, but they're a better team with Jimmy G yeah, at quarterback. You, I will they say that looked objectively. immediately like there was some juice injected into them after Jimmy G came in. I mean, you saw last year. It's just because he's so handsome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's attractive. But um, <laughs> last year, I remember there was so much talk about you know Jimmy G going into free agency and. Jimmy G this, Jimmy G that. He's bad for X reason, Y reason, Z reason. And I remember George Kittle, uh, I remember watching a press conference he was in saying, like, we don't care about any of that media nonsense. We, like, we have his back and mm-hmm. vice versa. And I think that just, I, I don't think any of that has changed. And I think once he stepped in, like, guys want to play for Jimmy G, at least in San Francisco anyway. I know Martellus Bennett said, 
shit about him last year about how Jimmy was soft or something. The Bennett like brothers are just shit talkers. But yeah, they're they're knuckleheads. But yeah. I love them. But yeah, they're definite shit talkers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we even saw Michael Bennett talking shit when he was a media member to Pete yeah. in, in the preseason. But uh, that was amazing. Yeah. But um yeah, so I think the Niners are a much better team with Jimmy in there. They're legitimate. They can win a Super Bowl with him at quarterback. G- granted, they I don't I don't know if they can win one. They can definitely get there, but winning one is another story. They were just an overthrow away from winning and beating the Chiefs. It's true. So, I mean, yeah, Jimmy hasn't won the big game and it's left up in the air whether or not he will ever ever be able to accomplish that feat but it's very hard to get back to the bowl if you lose one yeah look at the Bengals; they're having a hard well go at it i remember in 2015 the year after we lost the super bowl uh to the patriots we started off zero and two as well and granted Cam was holding out and all that. Yeah, and I remember uh, the first game against the Rams that year, we gave up a just horrible busted coverage by the guy that was replacing Cam. So uh, Who was that again? I honestly don't remember his name. I just remember at the end of the game... It wasn't Kerry Williams, was it? I mean, he fucked up the next week, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But uh, Because, yeah, he sucked. But... uh, um, Anyways, that I felt like that was kind of a unique situation, but that aside, it is really hard to, I think, morally bounce back from losing a Super Bowl. Um, I think the Bengals will turn it around, but I don't. I think last year was their best shot to actually win the thing. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you get if you get there, there, that's automatically your best, if not second best, shot to get there and win it like if you if you if you if you get there don't count on getting there again yeah like that's the biggest thing i've learned since 2015 with the seahawks is you know super bowls are a rarity unless you're tom brady for some fucking reason um but uh back to the game on sunday Uh, yeah we brought it up in the previous podcast how after such an emotional just crazy win that I'm sure they were thinking about all the offseason if they, you know, hadn't admitted it. I was kind of expecting a little bit of a letdown. So I would I was not going to be surprised if we lost. But the way we lost was really frustrating to me because there were things that happened in the 49ers game that were just like preseason level, just kind of tackling incompetent. The tackling was really bad. And I want to just specifically talk about when we're down 13 to nothing driving towards the end zone. Uh, Gino's playing pretty well on the drive. We start pulling out the Wildcat. So I think it was a play or two before that. We ran a like a hitch route to Tyler Lockett over the middle that almost got picked off by that long-haired safety on the 49ers mm-hmm. that kept blowing up plays. He caused an interception on our second drive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, on that play, we only had 10 men on the field. Like, that is unacceptably bad level of incompetence there. Yeah. And then a couple of plays later, we run this wildcat play with Kenneth Walker taking the handoff, and it gets blown up immediately. There's a defender about to crush him, but Kenneth Walker is so slippery, he evades that guy and pick up, picks up five yards. So it looks like we ran a good play. No, it, they did not bite on it at all. Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker is just a hell of an athlete who I think we need to get the ball more. Um, 
But anywho, uh, the next play, they try it again, and they have DJ Dallas trying to throw a contested corner route to DK Metcalf with a glove in the rain as a running back. Probably hasn't thrown a football in years. You know what's funny? He used to play quarterback in high school. I I since read that. (laughs) But it still looked like he'd never thrown a football before. Well, so what uh, he apparently said, I didn't hear the interview, but I just read this. So this could totally not be true, disclaimer. But I heard he said he was trying to pull the ball back, but because it was slippery, it slipped out of his hand uh, like too late in his release. So it still came out, but he was trying to pull it back and run it. Which, if you look at the replay, if DJ had just taken off and ran there, he probably would have got a first down. There was Charles Cross and Travis Homer blocking one defensive end. The uh, mid-level linebacker, or the, the safety that picked it off, he was already going full pass coverage on DK. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he had room to run. But, man, that... that... That has got to be the worst throw I've ever seen in an NFL game. Like, legitimately. I mean, you even talk about the Brandon Whedon horrible run into his left shovel pass to the defensive end. At least that went, like, 10 yards. Like, this DJ Dallas pass barely would have made it from me to you. <laughs> he threw it right to the guy. Um, but I just don't understand. Even even if he takes off and runs there and gets five yards, like, why are you doing that? You know? Like, I feel like they're thinking, oh, last year we ran a fake punt to Homer and we got a touchdown, so the 49ers won't expect it. Like, just don't get cute in that situation. We score a touchdown there. It's only 13-7, to and it's you know, a whole different ball game. I didn't really mind the trick play. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like we were having trouble moving the ball, and Gino, I mean, we hadn't scored at that point, and I know it was only... Uh, two quarters at that point was that the first quarter that was that was like midway through the second okay so yeah our offense was pretty dead up to that point i don't mind the play call it's just the execution couldn't have got worse. gotta be better than that it literally like it could not have been the only way it would have been worse is if the guy scored but like (laughs) it it was just so fucking bad yeah (laughs) Um, no kidding but in, in right after that, the 49ers have a very long drive that takes up pretty much the rest of the half, and we're down 20 to nothing and a half. And at that point, it, the game already was over in my eyes. I don't know about you, but I was like, we're not going to score three touchdowns. We can't even get a first down. Um, but uh, moving over to the other side of the ball, another factor in our time of possession issue is the defense cannot fucking get off the field, man. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the interior D line, you know, Puna Ford and um, what's his name? Al Woods are doing really good. Al Woods has been our best defensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, bet, best guy on the front seven. That yeah, I think we absolutely. Have. And he's 35. He took a year off in 2020. Like, it's crazy that he's pulling this off at, you know, what should be the twilight of his career. But. I got to single a guy out who I have been incredibly disappointed with through two games. DT. Daryl Taylor has sucked ass through two games. Yeah, I've, I agree with you, but I've also been hearing like it's hard to adjust to a new formula, to a new scheme. It's true. On the defense. So um, I guess I'll just, we'll just have to play the waiting game, hopefully by week 
Hopefully by next week. My concern with Daryl Taylor is, though, it's like, yeah, he, this is his third year. I mean, it's kind of like his second year because his first year was a red shirt, pretty much, mm-hmm. being on the IR. He's not a super young player. He's going to turn 26 this next year in right. the offseason. So it's not like the guy's 22, you know, learning how to play NFL football. Like, these are things that he should be able to figure out and execute if he's, you know, going to have a breakout year like everyone was hyping it up through training camp. Um, and he's also doesn't have a sack, and I'm not sure if he even has a quarterback hit. I'd have to look it up. Um, but uh, Boye Mafe and Nuosu at this point, I think, have been outplaying him. And mm-hmm. to the point about uh, Daryl's inexperience, I mean, this is Boye's first year, and he's been playing much better. So I, I don't think the suckiness is going to continue with Daryl Taylor to the level that it has been occurring, but I think PFF had his record in the 30s right now, which means, like, you don't belong in the NFL bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's really got to clean that up in the play. I have faith. I have faith. It's only week three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a small sample size for sure, but I just, the image of Debo Samuel just dead to rights with Daryl Taylor right in front of him. And then Daryl completely getting juked out of his shoes and giving up a 52 yard run that the only reason why that wasn't a score. If you watch the replay is because Tariq Woolen is fast as fuck and ran all the way from the other side of the field and managed to catch Debo Samuel. So I know, I know D, uh, Tariq Woolen is taking a lot of lumps right now as a brand new player, but he caused the only points we scored last weekend. And He's only given up three catches for like 30 yards. So I'm really, really happy with how he's played so far as a Same. guy who's only been playing corner since like 2019, 2020. Yeah, I'll agree with you as far as like Daryl Taylor. He needs to be better. One thing I will say is the defense is not giving me this vibe that I got in 2011, 2012. Like I'm not getting this, ooh, we're going to be the team in like two years. Well, you like, do have to remember. So think back to 2011, week two, actually, kind of similar. We got shut out by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And through two weeks, we looked horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Against the Broncos, the opening week. or No, it wasn't the Broncos. Um, I think it was the... I can't remember. It's been 11 years. Well, we played the AFC North that year. Yeah. So... Um, But... uh, we were 0-2 to start that year, and both sides of the ball looked terrible. Um, Richard Sherman didn't start playing till against the Bengals midway through the season. But um, anywho, it, it is a very small sample size, and w- two games where the first one was a crazy emotional win and the second one was a pissed-off opponent in their home opener, so... You can't take too much away from it, but we got a lot of work to do, and this kind of all goes to say I'm a little frustrated with the coaching staff that they weren't better prepared for this game. Yeah. Pete, don't ever give me that bullshit about you treat this game the same every week and every week is a championship opportunity. That's garbage to me now because yeah. you've clearly <laughs> proven to me that you took that game more seriously than you took this game in reference to last week, which I don't blame you. The, any yeah. any human would do that. With, I would have rather with beat the that Broncos on the line than this game. So yeah. I'm not even mad about it. But I, it I'm is, not either. But like what you're saying is true. You need to do better. And I'm not saying it's easy, but that's what you get paid to do. And that's why we stuck with you and got rid of Russell Wilson. Yeah. So hard to agree with you there. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to say about this game other than I'm very confused about what we're doing with Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, he, he's getting like five, not even playing. He has 11 snaps on the season so far. Just snap. I think, um, Derek young has a comparable amount of snaps. I haven't seen him at all. He played like four or five snaps in the Broncos game, but he was inactive last week. He hasn't got a target or anything, but. That's what I mean is like right now, Dwayne Eskridge is hardly any different on our depth chart in our rotation than a Derek Young or a Penny Hart, which is like those guys are, you know, borderline practice squad players at this point. Mm-hmm. We picked you in the second round. You're supposed to be a big part of this offense. They keep saying that. So I don't know what's going on with Dwayne. Um, hopefully he can turn it around. But it's it's concerning to me that Marquise Goodwin, you know, at like 32 years old is clearly ahead of him on the depth chart road uh, right now. But the bright side of that is I think uh, Goodwin has shown some good stuff that he still has some speed out mm-hmm. there. So anywho, um, that's about all I have to say about this shitty game. Um, hate losing to the 49ers. Hate it, hate it, hate it. It's awful. But if there's a game we're going to lose to them, this one makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, a uh, couple notes i have here uh thought it was kind of funny um the that block field goal we got for a touchdown Mm -hmm. that's the first block field goal we've had for a touchdown since the last one we had against the niners when red bryant blocked it and sherman ran it back and remember i watched that game at your house yeah we won 42 to 13 that was one of my favorite seahawks games of all time same and that was right after the bullshit unnecessary roughness call on cam chancellor for taking Vernon Davis's soul out of his body. Oh that yeah, game. that was that so game. So in a right. weird way, it felt like poetic justice that we still got a defensive score after that. Because I remember that was on third down that throw to Vernon Davis, and mm-hmm. like their drive was going to stall. And then it was the cleanest, just most textbook hit. Beautiful. Stuff. Yeah, I forgot about that because I was on the other end of the field. Yeah, and then it must have been like a new quarter or something. I swear, all those 2012 through like. 2015 games are just forever burned into my memory because so many of them had so many iconic moments 2012 is hands down my favorite season i think Same. ever as a seahawks fan well there's just so many storylines in that season that 2013 were obviously it's hard to beat 2014 i feel like was the year of like we had to come back like against the packers for example yeah like we probably weren't the best team in the league that year but like we had to like we had to work our asses off sure. to get back to the Super Bowl. Like nothing was just given to us. I feel yeah, like twenty thirteen felt like, like 2013, we were just the playoffs, better than every other team. Yeah, the playoff run in twenty thirteen was nothing. I feel I mean well, the, 49ers well game. the Niners game stressed me out, but I always felt like deep down we were gonna win that game. Like the that Packer game, the I did ages. not feel that way <laughs> even ever until we got the onside kick. I didn't even feel like that when we won. I was like, we we are going to the Super Bowl. We played <laughs> horrible. <laughs> um, anywho, moving back to the present, I would love to reminisce about the good old days. Oh, yeah. um, we got the Atlanta Falcons coming to town this Sunday. Um, they kind of suck ass too, but uh, through two games, their offense has been substantially better than ours. And they kind of just brought the Rams to their limit. And I think there's two sides to that. A... I think the Rams are kind of still half asleep from the Super Bowl hangover of winning. 
mm-hmm. and B, um, the Falcons have some weapons, and Mariota is you know mediocre at best, but he's been hitting them. The one Heisman, I mean, he has the ability. He yeah. just hasn't really translated it to the NFL as one would think a Heisman winner would. Yeah, his career has always kind of confused me why it hasn't panned out as well as I expected. Um, he honestly, he has played statistically much worse than Gino to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really think there's too much to say about the quarterback side of this battle. Um, but the Falcons defense has been very bad to this point. They're 27th in points allowed their expected points in each game on defense have been in the solidly in the negatives in both contests. Um, we don't have too much to say in response to that on our end because we've also been bad, but yeah, I think we're both in the, I think want to say we're, we're like 26th in the power rankings, aren't we? And they're like 28th or something. Yeah. So here's kind of a miserable stat. Um, pro football reference has this statistic called, uh, a simple rating system. It's kind of a, dumb way of doing it but it takes your strength of schedule and um uh considers your point differential with your strength of schedule and it takes those two numbers and basically assigns you a rating Mm -hmm. based on those Um, of 32 yeah we are 32 of 32 (laughs) (laughs) but i think last week we were like 17 or 16 so it's being heavily weighed down by how lifeless we were against the 49ers last weekend which I think last weekend is the absolute worst this Seahawks team can play. I don't think it can get any worse than what we did. So I don't expect us to play that bad against the Falcons this week. I don't expect. uh, Yeah, last week was bad, but I am not foreseeing like a 58 or 59 to nothing. John Skelton bad. Oh, no, (laughs) no, that. We'll never see the likes of that again. And of course, I'm referring to the 2012. Once again, we're reverting back to the glory days. But when we soundly beat the Cardinals at home. You know what's the craziest thing about that Cardinals game? I think it was 58 to nothing. Or was it 58? Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 58 or 59. It was a really weird, like, how did they even... Because I think we missed an extra point or something weird like that. But our offense didn't even play good in that game. We had, like, three defensive touchdowns. <laughs> I th- Yeah, I think our defense just bullied all of their quarterbacks until they were, like, out of the league. Yeah. <laughs> after that one game. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they pretty much did. Um... But anywho, um, I think I like the Seahawks odds to uh, treat this as a get right game this week. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't even really think we're that much better than the Falcons, to be honest with you. No, Um, but uh, I I do think being at home, um, I like our odds. I do think this is kind of a trap game, even though we're both bad. Like and but, you know, we're playing at home. We should win this game. That's Mm -hmm. why I think like it's not going to be a gimme like. The Falcons are going to have something to prove, especially if they think that they can beat us and vice versa. Like, so I don't know. I remember I thought we were going to, I think you had them blowing out the Falcons and maybe I did too. I can't even remember. I did. Yeah. I think I had us winning because uh, I thought the Falcons were atrociously bad in the pre in the off season. And I, I still kind of think that, but I don't know. Like I, 
the first two weeks of football this year has made me realize like you kind of don't really get a gauge on anyone until like week six or seven. That's what I was gonna say. Like, Almost you, like halfway through the season. Yeah, you can't really like picking games that this past week was really hard. Like J- Jets Browns, like who knows who's gonna win that game? And yeah. of course it came down to the wire. And like, I don't know. It's just Crazy. Well, you also had like, you know, the Broncos, we beat them, but I thought they were going to be a real good team this year. They looked like shit against the Texans. I watched some of the highlights. Their offense looked so erratic and just not on schedule or organized. Even. I think it's because uh, Nathaniel Hackett just was, he just looked good because of Aaron Rodgers when he was in Green Bay. Yeah, the guy doesn't even know how to like look at the play clock. They're getting, and honestly, that was something that I don't know if that's a Russell Wilson problem because you remember how many times over the years we're like, snap it to watching Wilson yeah. be like, like behind the huddle or behind the line, not paying attention to the play clock till there's like one second left. Um, but anywho, it's, I am loving how incompetent they've been so far. So oh, keep they've it only up. scored 16 points both weeks. Yeah. To the Seahawks and the Texans, the two worst you think they're going to do that to the chiefs quarter billion for that they paid russell wilson you think they're going to put up 16 points or more to the chiefs are they even going to do that to the fucking raiders (laughs) they really i don't think we're a good team they haven't played a good team and they've only put up 32 points in two games yeah so i don't know it doesn't look good for broncos country uh let's cry (laughs) (laughs) um but uh i think the Falcons defense is substantially worse than the two we've faced thus far in the season. Um, so I, I am honestly more than win or lose. I'm looking for some damn points from our offense. Cause we haven't scored in six quarters. Right. I think Even we need to, run, I think we need to run the ball a lot. I do think we need to let Gino off his leash, but that doesn't mean we need to throw the ball 40 times. Yeah, and you know what? I think letting Gino off the leash means let's run the ball a bunch and then do play-action deep shots to Lockett and Metcalf. This classic Seahawks formula, because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, Wilson was excellent at that formula, like one of the best to ever do it. I think Gino's competent at it. I think, you know, if there's a little bit of separation down the sideline, he can at least give them a chance. And if you have DK in one-on-one, He's been looking a lot better at contested catches this year. I mm-hmm. think he really worked on that in the offseason. So we got to get that guy the ball. We have a Lamborghini that we're just leaving in the garage with DK, and we, we got to let him out. Right. So, um, yeah, what, what's your prediction overall for this game? You think we're taking it? You think we're going to one and two? I will um, say before you answer, we lose this game. The season could get ugly real quick because the Lions have looked good. We're... Playing in New Orleans is always hard, and then the Cardinals always beat us at home for some reason. We we could have a real skid here if we don't take this Falcons game. So with that in mind. um, Yeah, I'm going to say we win this game. I think we only win by three. I don't think it's it could be a game-winning field goal. I'm not sure. But I do see it being close, whoever does come out on top. Um it could go 50 50 though i i think we will win because we are at home and i can just i can kind of just see our guys on defense cleaning up at least i hope cleaning up the tackling um but yeah i gotta give the uh, a win to our guys during this game because yeah the next 
One, two, three, four. I could see us losing the next four. I do not believe in the Giants. I I don't care if the Giants are undefeated by week eight. I think we will win that game. I think they're complete frauds. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have won the first game they won. They barely won because they went for two at the end of the game. I mean, hats off to you. You executed when it mattered, and you, and you won because of it, so can't really fault you for that, but... Like if if they're gonna be playing a team like the Eagles, like the Eagles are winning that division. Oh yeah, especially after the what Eagles I saw. Actually, Monday look pretty night. damn good. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I was like dead wrong about him because my memory of Jalen Hurts was watching the out. Remember when we watched the Alabama Georgia uh, national championship game yeah. a few years ago? Jalen Hurts played the first half that game, did bad, and then Tua came in for him, and. Then I was like, oh, I guess Jalen Hurts is bad. <laughs> and then he comes to the pros and is like phenomenal. I mean, he wasn't amazing last year, but this year he looks he's like legitimately he's been learned. quite good this season. Yeah. Like definitely good enough to carry a solid team to the playoffs. So And he just his attitude seems like he's a lot more poised and a little bit able to be a leader, I feel like. If that makes sense, I'm but, I'm becoming a Jalen Hurts fan. Uh, same. Some, I for some reason have always kind of hated the Eagles, but I I don't really hate them right now for some reason. I, no, I can't even tell you objectively why I am feel that way, but it's just it's just a hunch. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Honestly, it would just if if we drop to one and two. I mean, I'm I'm already starting to look at the next class of quarterbacks and fantasize. That's all I'm. <laughs> gonna be doing if we drop this game i'm looking at our schedule too and i say we're probably going to win if we win the falcons game after that we'll probably only win three more games so you're thinking five and twelve yeah i think we'll beat the giants i think we'll beat the panthers and i think we'll beat the jets i think we're we could lose to the jets you gotta think though it, maybe we already got it out of the way against the Broncos, but we're going to beat some good team this year for no reason in like this weird, ugly game that makes no sense. But I also think to counter that, we'll lose a game that we should win. I agree. Like we should beat the Panthers. I could see us losing to the Panthers. Yeah. I think we're going to go six and 11. That's, that's my prediction. Yeah. Maybe we'll update that after each game, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think to sum up how last week went was uh, back to reality. I think we have some pieces. I like the young players that we're building with. Um, we just we still have a lot of holes to fill, and it's going to take some time. So that's all I had for this one. Um, I'm predicting 20 to 17 Seahawks victories against the Falcon. Uh, what do you got? I'm going to say... I'm going to say 16-13. 16-13. Yep. I like it. We win, obviously. But I'm just going to say the offense isn't where we want it to be at the end of the week, uh, at least not points-wise. I think we get the ball moving a little bit here. The touchdown we do score is on offense. Let me make that clear. Um, but then we just have to settle for field goals the rest of the way out. And then... Uh, which Jason Myers is going to be very busy on Sunday. Uh, Let's hope the good Jason Myers shows up this year because we're going to need him. Yeah. Going to have to be kicking three field goals in this game. Or or no. Yeah, three. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Well, alrighty. Um, that's all I had for this one. Let's uh, hope the Seahawks can move up to two and one this weekend. Yep. Uh, not a whole lot to say about the Mariners. They've been they dropped four or five to two losers of organizations and the A's and the Angels. So let's just not talk about them. I was going to say do good. I don't even want to talk about what the Mariners have been doing. (laughs) (laughs) So let's hope next week uh, we have some more positive things to say. I'll be in Hawaii for the next six days. So the next episode might come a little late. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'm going to have to find a sports bar at like 9 a.m. to watch this next <laughs> You might game. just get Solo J minus the R. Might just have to be me up here in the studio. Just the J Takes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> might be a lot of um, Colin Cowherd-esque asking the audience questions and then pausing for 10 seconds. <laughs> and then... Just be like, do you think Tom Brady would not <laughs> score against the 49ers? <laughs> do you think Aaron Rodgers... No, anyway. he would shit on her, and he'd be like, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> he hates Aaron Rodgers for some reason. But Anywho, well, that's all I had for this episode. Uh, any closing thoughts, Jonah? Nope, just uh, go Hawks, Seahawks country, let's ride. Let's ride, Aw- baby. All right, catch you next time. Yeah.